Just a couple of short years ago, Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook, said in five years' time, Facebook was going to be 100% video. She really sent a message to the market at that time that we had to be upping our video game. With COVID-19 hitting and not being able to have face-to-face -face contact with our customers, many people are being forced to turn to video live streaming, YouTube, IGTV, Facebook live stream, to be able to have an authentic communication with your customers. But what if you're one of those people who hate being in front of a video camera and find it really excruciating to create content that way? Well, firstly, you're not alone. And secondly, the Digital Ready Program is here to help. On this episode of Business as Unusual, we have called upon a friend of the program, Zoe Coyle, who's a global trainer in performance and acting, to help us get the best out of ourselves when we stand in front of a camera. She's going to spend this episode taking us through the motivations, do's and don'ts, and some technical tips to help us be the very best version of ourselves and our brands. Over to Zoe. Hello, wherever you're listening from, my name is Zoe Coyle and these are fairly surreal times, aren't they? Although we seem to be adapting to them incredibly quickly, which is part of the reason that I'm here talking you, to you today, to see if I can help you in any way with some skills around the peculiarity of standing up and uh, delivering, delivering video content. So whether that's selling yourself or your brand or your product. And for many of us who haven't done that sort of thing before, and this is obviously an era of a, a lot of new firsts for many of us, that can be quite uncomfortable. But I just want to reassure you, give you a couple of pointers and let you know that uh, really there are a few skill sets that are going to make it much easier for you. And the more you do it, the easier it'll be. So let's start with some technical things. Um, the first thing is to think about where you're going to put yourself, whether you're going to be outside or in. Lighting is very important. The classic thing that I do when I'm going to record myself is uh, if I'm going to be at a bench, I try to be at a standing bench because my voice is more energized and I'm more energized, so I come across as more passionate uh, than if I'm sitting down. And I have lighting on both sides of my face. So two table lamps is excellent, and if they're dimmable, that's perfect because then you can adjust them depending depending on the lighting of the day, depending whether it's overcast or the other light that you've come, got coming in. Be mindful not to have a window behind you. Uh, if people can't see you clearly, if you're backlit, they're going to turn off from what you say. Whenever you are on camera, it's the same as when we're in real life. People want to see the whites of your eyes. They want to know who you are. They want to see a little bit of your soul, get a sense of who you are. So you want to make sure that you make that as easy as possible for them. So lighting, when you think about that, make sure your eyes are lit up, that there aren't sort of half your face isn't in darkness. Don't think about this being romantic mood lighting. <laughs> Actually, just the clearer you are, the, the clearer that you can be seen, the better. Uh, also, if there's a window behind you, you can't control what's going on out there and it may be distracting. In, if you're in, in the out of doors, just get someone to film a little bit and then go and have a look. And, and you yourself will be able to determine whether the lighting is good or not good, too harsh, and whether you need to make some adjustments with the way you tilt yourself in the space. So talking more, a little bit more about the background. If you're going to be inside, you want to be thoughtful about that. Uh, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I did a recording uh, in my sitting room and I've got a bookshelf and I love books. So I put myself in front of that. And look, that's a, that's a trade-off too, because that can be distracting and a bit busy for people. Um, but 
I, I like it, that's my personal taste. But I, I hadn't thought through where I'd placed my chair where I was going to speak, so the spines on the, on the books behind me, that was actually a feminist shelf. And there were, there were words there that were pretty distracting for people. So I actually had to reshoot it. So make sure that whatever is behind you uh, is in line with what you're saying, with what you're sharing, and isn't going to be distracting. The same is true for art. You don't want anything really busy um, with any crazy colours. Uh, you don't want any flashing lights and exit sign. We are creatures that are prone to distraction, more now so than ever. So you don't want to be in competition. Make the, neutral, make the background as neutral and, uh, and simple as possible. Let's talk about your clothing. Look, I know sometimes when I'm teaching this stuff and I have people sort of roll their eyes and go, for goodness sake, you know, I don't, it's not about what I wear, it's about the content of what I say. And of course, we wish we lived in that world. But the truth is, actually, we judge each other. This is what the research tells us. We judge each other uh, on, on appearance and sound uh, more immediately than content. And those things are more important. So I like to explain that as the sort of gatekeepers so that you have to think about what you're presenting physically and what you're doing with your body and control those as best as possible so that people can hear your message and get on board with what it is that you're doing. Uh, so your clothing, uh, dress comfortably, dress appropriately for what you're trying to sell, uh, be mindful about how sexualized you want to be, uh, be mindful that you know if you have a very low cut top that can be distracting, if you've got buttons that are straining or pulling that can be distracting. I watched uh, an amazing author give an give a interview recently about a Pulitzer that he'd won and uh, I'd read his book and I was so excited to hear him speak and he was just sitting in a certain way that the buttons were all straining and popping open from sort of his mid-chest down to his belly. And, and I was deeply distracted by his tummy for the hour that he was there. So you, you don't want people's eyes going anywhere that you don't want them to go. Uh, be mindful around sweat patches under your armpits. So dark colours, shirts are terrific. Um, uh, collars turned down. Make sure that it's clean. I highly recommend that you wear a, a full outfit <laughs> and by that I mean quite a lot of the time I've, I've been working with people recently and they've been when they've been uh, uh, say zooming in for important work uh, meetings they've been wearing a, a, the equivalent of a suit from their waist up and then the bottom they've got their jammies on or their yoga kit and their Ugg boots. Look I'm all for favour for comfort uh, in fact the sooner we can all go to work in our Ugg boots the better um, but have a, have a think about what that means in relation to your energy and how you're presenting yourself. Um, and once again, I, I quote the research with this because what we know is that when you are dressed for success, what that means to you, uh, your energy, the hormones that support that will follow suit. So dress right down to the shoes with how you want to feel. Um, let's talk about makeup. You don't need to put on makeup. If you don't wear makeup in, in real life, then don't feel you need to do that now. But I would certainly have a look at yourself through the camera and see if you're particularly shiny, if you have a tendency when you're under stress to become uh, very sweaty, a bit of powder can really help with that. Um, if you do wear makeup, you don't need to wear more. The, the, you wanna look uh, just like yourself. 
But do be aware that if you wear makeup, it may look different on camera. That heavy eyeliner may make you look like you've got seriously hooded lids um, so that you look sleepy or heavy or dour. Um, if you are really hardcore with the lipstick in real life and that makes you feel playful, great. But have a look at it through a camera and try to look at yourself objectively and see whether that's going to be distracting because obviously your features are much bigger. Um, I'm speaking to you men here too that like to wear lipstick. <laughs> um, uh, also earrings and jewellery. I'm a huge fan of bracelets and I, I talk a lot with my hands and so I have to be mindful that when I'm on camera that's going to make a clinking sound. So for example before I started recording this for you guys today I just took those bracelets that are off because even though they make me feel like myself uh, they'd potentially be irritating for you. So that's a key thing to bring up here. What makes you feel comfortable, what makes you feel like yourself may not necessarily make your audience feel the same way. So just have a think about that. So we've talked about lighting, we've talked about background, we've talked about your clothes and your makeup. Uh, let's talk about acoustics. It is really really important that people can hear you and understand what you're saying. So one of the primary things that you can do, one of the easiest things is to get a, get a microphone. You can buy a little one off eBay. The one I'm using today was $100, free delivery, just clips on to my collar line and plugs directly into my phone. And what it allows is an intimacy. So I can bring the energy to my voice, but it picks up all of that and it means that you're not straining to hear me. So I'd highly recommend that. Obviously you can, you can spend an enormous amount of money on, on microphones and you don't need to do that. But just know that if you're using just a little uh, recorder or indeed your mobile phone, you're going to need help with the sound. Uh, if you're in a room, that's great. You can control the sound even more. Uh, uh, I would always recommend that you work in a room that has carpet if possible. I'm doing that now. And if you're in a room that doesn't have carpet, throw down some towels or bring in a rug or bring some cushions so that that, that sound can really support you. Uh, make sure the windows are shut. Uh, probably through our recording today you're going to be able to hear environmental sound around me. I live in a very busy area and there's some building and birds going on. I hope that's not too distracting. But I've just had to work with that. So that's the other thing that I'm going to remind you. Don't aim for perfection. Just give it a go. Perfection is the thief of good enough. You just give it a whirl. We're, as I said before, we're all in the same boat. We're all learning new skills. And I think that often we get, I don't think, I know this to be the case from the clients I work with and from my own experience, we get in our own way. We have unrelenting expectations of what we want the product to look like and usually it is totally slick. Right now that may not be available to you. So just loosen your grip on that. Give it the best shot you've got and know that each time you do it, it'll get better and better. Okay, so we've talked about the things that you can control. A couple of other things, uh, if you're in a meeting as opposed to recording something, use a laptop and not a phone. Uh, it just gives a much more professional, steady uh, camera shot of you. Uh, and also just be really mindful where your eyeline is. Your eyeline is very important. It doesn't matter whether you're speaking into uh, your computer or a camera. You want to make that eyeline as direct as possible. And the reason that that's the case is that that is part, a very large part of what makes people feel spoken to. And that's what you want. You want to build a connection with your viewer. So it can feel 
uh, to a lot of us are peculiar and, and make us feel self-conscious in the beginning. And there's a trick to that, which is imagine someone that you really love or like very much, uh, someone who is really excited to hear what you have to say and imagine that they are down the barrel of the camera. Uh, if you are recording into your phone, cover yourself up. It's very, very difficult if you've got the camera flicked towards you. It's almost impossible if you're looking at yourself because you will just go into self-consciousness, self-criticism, and then your ego is just going crazy. So while we speak about the ego, that's a good segue into talking about self-consciousness. One of the primary ways to get over self-consciousness is to think about why you're saying what you're saying. So that's an objective. What is it that you're wanting to achieve? What is it that you're wanting to achieve with your audience? What are you wanting to get them to do? So for example, for today, I, I know the skill set that I want. I'm wanting to share a, use a, set of, a suite of skill sets that will be useful to you and enable your experience of filming to be easier and more joyful and more powerful. That's my objective. It's very important that each of us are clear about our objective, so the why. And I would recommend that you write that on a piece of paper and that you have that there when you're filming. Because when you have your why, you are just pursuing that and you have much less time to collapse back into thinking about, how am I doing? Am I okay? Do they think I'm stupid? I'm not the authority on this. I shouldn't be thinking about this. I don't have anything to add. Oh goodness, I shouldn't have worn this skirt. Whatever it is, that language that comes up and then it tends to snowball is going to get in the way of your authenticity and get in the way of the simple power of your message. So it's a kind of Jedi mind trick of moving out of your own way so that you can be as clear and powerful and authentic and present as possible. So the why, knowing your objective and pursuing that as cleanly as possible, that's a really great trick towards that. So let's talk about authenticity. I like to talk about authenticity by talking about what it isn't. Uh, sometimes these concepts are so big that it's easier to define them by what they're not. So what does authenticity mean to you? That's an important thing to think about. And authenticity it is important to all of us when we're watching something on screen, when we're watching people, when we meet people, it's vital. Brene Brown talks about uh, vulnerability uh, a great deal, and she's a vulnerability researcher, and she talks about the fact that the first thing we look for in each other is vulnerability, and it's the very last thing we want to show. So vulnerability is the first thing we look for in other people, but it's the very last thing we want to show. Why do you think that is? Well, vulnerability is humanity and is, and is authenticity. So when you are presenting, when you're in dialogue, when you're recording, you want to bring your authenticity. And it is not pretending to be someone else. And it is not pretending to be a different version of yourself. It is accepting who you are, knowing your why, doing your research, being, having done your preparation, your rehearsal, and then getting up in the space and turning up in a really full way, and then just pursuing your objective. It can be really useful to think about and define for yourself. I'd encourage you to get a piece of paper and a pencil and write down all the people that you think are fantastic communicators. And why are they fantastic communicators? And it doesn't need to be people that you necessarily agree with, uh, you know, politically or uh, under any other circumstances, but have a, have a think about great communicators. It might be your mum or your best friend. And once you've dis discerned who a few of those people are, 
Then write down why. What about them makes them amazing communicators? Authenticity will be on that list. There will be a whole raft of other things on that list. It may be humour, it may be professionalism, it may be charisma, it may be kindness, it may be great body language, it may be energy, it may be passion or erudition. Uh, there, there, there are hundreds. But write down what they are for you because the more aware of what you find interesting and compelling that you are, the more that you can adopt those behaviours. It's very, very difficult for us to move towards something when we don't know what it is. So start to think about great communicators and then start to incorporate that into your own communication methods and strategies and behaviours. So authenticity is letting go of what you're not and choosing to back who you are. Let's talk a little bit about, about humour because I'm quite often asked by my clients, is being funny important? And look, the short answer is, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, that's my opinion. I think humour is wonderful. It allows an opportunity for people to feel joyful and playful in your company. But there's a caveat here and it's important. If you are not a particularly funny person in real life, then don't start whirling out humour when you're in front of a camera. I think we've probably all been to a wedding and seen someone give a terrible best man speech or father of the bride speech when they wheel out knock-knock jokes and you want to cringe and get underneath the table. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about if you turn up if you're in your authenticity, if you know what you're saying, if you've done your preparation uh, and you then you give yourself permission, you give yourself permission to be funny, then it's an allowance and those moments can crop up and then you choose to pursue them. Also, if you're pursuing perfection, it's much harder to allow humour to come in because humour requires a softness and it requires breath, to be breathing, to be relaxed. Let's talk about your breath now. So I look, I always say, go for the joke, but be mindful not to offend anyone. Uh, be very careful about treading that line because you don't want to alienate people. And when you're in real life with people, you're picking up a lot of different uh, um, uh, cues from the other person about whether or not you're going to be able to land a joke. And the other thing, of course, is if it doesn't land correctly, then you can go into triage. You can't do that when you're recording something on screen. So it can just fall terribly, terribly flat. Okay, let's talk about your breath. Your breath is the most amazing tool. And for those of you out there that do yoga or Pilates or meditation, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of meditation, uh, or, or do singing training as singers, you will already be on board with me with this. But your breath is a primary way, the primary way to stay relaxed and to stay focused and to stay on top of those, uh, those nerves that can derail you. So three big deep breaths before you start is very important. It's important to pace yourself properly and take breaths at the end of your sentence. If ever you've had the experience of losing your thoughts, I call it an Oliver Stone moment where it just goes suddenly white inside my head and I walk from one side of my brain to the other and don't touch a single object. Can't remember for the life of me where I was going or what I was saying. I can guarantee you that if you have had that experience, 
it is because 30 seconds before that moment you stopped breathing. So what happens is when we're stressed, we uh, tend to go into fight or flight, as you know. So it's that classic story of, uh, you know, the, the, the lizard brain activating. So the saber-toothed tiger jumps down on the path in front of us and the stress hormones go crazy, are released in our brains of adrenaline and cortisol. And we go into fight, fl flight or freeze. Often which one you go into is correlated with whether you're an introvert or an ambivert or an extrovert. That's by the point, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but the point is that when something is important to you or when uh, the pressure is on, often we will go in to those sorts of responses. And we hold our breath. And that breath is held and our brain is deoxygenated and the adrenaline increases and the cortisol increases and it snowballs and it gets horribly out of control. That inner monologue goes crazy. The very best thing that you can do when that happens is take a big, deep breath. And you're doing two things there. You're actually doing a multitude of things. But the two primary things you're doing is you are oxygenating your brain, which is what you want, that brain to be lovely and sluiced in oxygen. And you are releasing the stress hormones on your exhalation. That's how they come out. They come out through movement and they come out through your exhalation. They also come out through the autonomic nervous system processing them, but that takes an hour and a half. So unless you're doing a presentation that's an hour and 40 minutes, those last 10 minutes are going to be ace. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to do other things to workshop that adrenaline and cortisol out of your system. So take some big, deep breaths before you start and slow yourself down as you're, as you're going through your, your talk and breathe as you go. Don't forget to breathe. When you're practicing it, remind yourself to breathe. I like to, if I write a script, and you might like to write a script, I actually do a sort of double slash in red pen where I'm going to take a breath. Okay, that reminds me about scripting. If you are not an actor, please don't, don't write down your whole script and then try and learn it and say it. It's going to be terribly staid, unless you, you know, you're a genius and very lucky. Actors go to drama school for three years in large part to learn how to get something off the page and make it alive. It's, it is actually a very nuanced skill. Don't put yourself through that trauma. Yes, by all means, write it out in full if you want to, but then transfer it across to dot points and use a mind map if that's useful to you. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's it can be really helpful. Um, but today, for example, I'm just speaking to you with dot points. If I were to read it out, it'd be very staid. So I'm just cruising from point to point and, and then I can use a mind map if I need to, but because I've taught this a lot, I don't need to, to make sure that I cover off all the points as I'm going through the process of what I need to cover. Okay, with your breath, I would also recommend that you can use, I mean, look at all those apps, beautiful meditation apps that can help. Um, think about cigarette smoking. I'm not suggesting you take that up, um, but obviously uh, smoking cigarettes, people do it because it's relaxing and yet nicotine is a stimulant. So why is that? It's because of the breathing that they're doing. So I encourage you to take ciggy breaks, take few deep breaths, Calm yourself down, bring yourself into focus, bring yourself into the moment, exhale out all the stress. It's a beautiful gift to yourself. You can use box breathing, uh, which is used by uh, the special forces. I mean, it's quite extraordinary. Look up box breathing. Uh, and it's very, very simple. It's done to the count of four and, and it's 
a count of four for breathing in for four, holding for four, out for four, holding for four. And then you repeat the process. And as you do the inhalation, hold, exhalation, hold, each is four counts as I say, you draw a box in your mind's eye. And when you do that, your blood pressure will reduce and those hormones, those stress hormones will even out. And it'll be a superpower. It'll allow you to come right into your skin, into your center. And that's the place where you want to speak from, your center. That's the place where your authenticity lives, it resides. That's where humor lives. And that's where your passion resides. Let's talk about passion. If you're not passionate about what you're going to speak about, then ask yourself, are you the person to talk about it? Find your passion. If you can't find your passion for it, find your curiosity, because that's what you have to give. If you're not curious about what you've got to say, what you've got to share, if you're not passionate about it, then why should I be when I'm listening to you? It's really important to bring that passion to bring that curiosity, to take responsibility for sweeping your audience. And then we're going to talk about energy. So I'm just going to park that for a moment. I'm going to talk about voice, but I just want to flag that idea of bringing the energy. And I, and I want to say, and as, before we, as I say, we'll come back to it. But when you are recording yourself, your energy is not the same as it would be if you and I were sitting in a pub having a chat over a beer or if you were sitting watching Netflix. Your energy in those situations is very intimate and low. We're talking about a, an increase in energy, which is not volume. So if I were to record all of this with you today with a very high volume, I would probably lose all of you after about three minutes. You just feel attacked. But I am bringing a lot of energy. And that's to take responsibility, to try to bring you into this space, to try to bring you with me for this recording. So I'm taking responsibility for that. That can feel a bit peculiar for those of us that are more introverted or for those of us that don't have a lot of experience speaking on camera or presenting. So I'm going to ask you to bring it back to the awareness again. Think about the great communicators that you've identified on your piece of paper and look at the amount of energy they bring. It may feel a bit peculiar when you decide to bring the energy, but please just watch yourself back on the camera and do it kindly, do it lovingly, and have a look. When you bring the energy, it might feel contrived, but it won't look it. And I'm not talking about going all out Tony Robbins, although if that's your thing, go for it. But I am talking about bringing your most wakeful self, your joyful self, your present self, your most passionate self. And that's a choice. Okay, let's talk about your voice. Your voice is a really primary conduit from you to another person. So I'm going to give you an acronym now. It's BEAR. B-E-A-R. B is for breath. We've talked we talked about the magnificent superpower of breath to keep you calm and bring you into the focus and uh, connect you to your authenticity. Uh, but breath in relation to your voice, it underscores everything. Uh, without good breath control, without taking big deep breaths, without using your diaphragm as opposed to just snatching your breath up into your chest, your voice isn't going to have any power and it's going to be weak. So we've already covered off breath, but there's the other part of it that supports that. 
Uh, the next one is articulation. This is the anacronym, the bare anacronym, BE. I I forgot energy. (laughs) It's not articulation. Spoiler alert, that's number three. So B is breath, the E is energy. So we've talked about that idea of bringing the energy uh, and, and this is where it is too. It's also vocal energy. So your vocal energy, as I say, the way I would speak to you if you and I were face to face uh, is very different to the way I'm speaking to you now, is very different to the way I would speak if I was in an auditorium with a thousand people. So be mindful that you need to increase the energy. And the energy is not the same as the volume. Yeah, like that demonstration I gave before. Okay, A, articulation. In Australia, we are generally very bad at this. We don't move our mouths. We tend to talk with a very locked down jaw. There's a lot of tension in our jaws. We tend to not say our names clearly or the names of uh, projects or products. Move your mouth. So before you do your recording, move it. Stretch your mouth, warm it up. Get your fingers into the corners of your mouth and stretch it out. Blow through your lungs like a horse. Your lungs, your lips like a horse, like this. It actually feels quite lovely. Sometimes people really struggle to do that. It's just lip tension. It can feel easier if you tip your jaw over and you're looking down at the ground for some reason. Say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Say the days of the month. Whatever it is, do it in a highly exaggerated way. Get your fingers into your jaw and massage them. Massage the whole of your face. If you even just do that now where we're speaking, you'll begin to feel the blood rush into your face and the muscles become alive. So the the analogy that I give to people when I'm teaching these sorts of skills is treat yourself as you would an athlete. If you were going on to Wimbledon, into Wimbledon onto, onto centre court, you wouldn't just pick up a racket and pop your shoes on and cruise out onto the court to, to, to play a game. You would warm up. And the same is true when you want to be a really great communicator because it's a full body experience. So don't forget your face. Warm up your face. Uh, be very careful, as I say, when you're saying the name of a product, your name, things that you say regularly. Uh, think about the T's and D's. So in, in the word Australia, we tend to say Australia. Have a think about that. If people cannot understand you, they won't stay with you. And I'm not suggesting that you start to talk like something you know, from the BBC in the 1960s. It's not that at all. Your accent is fabulous. Your voice is fabulous. But we just want it to be the clearest version that it can be so that people stay on board with you. So B-E-A-R. R is for range in this analogy in relation to your voice. So your range, record yourself, listen to yourself back. Don't collapse onto the ground into a whole lot of, I sound terrible, we all sound weird to ourselves. Just think of this as a skill set you want to improve. So range, you want to think about your voice not sounding like techno, so in a thin band. We've all, we've all, I kind of got into that. <laughs> we've all sat in meetings where we've had someone speak to us like that for 20 minutes or indeed two hours and we just go to sleep. We're thinking about the gin and tonic and you know the shopping list that we need to get on our way home. Your voice is a primary way that you are going to tell people but it's by the way you're doing it, telling them about your enthusiasm for what you're delivering. So instead of techno, you want to think about your voice being like an orchestra. Highs, lows, softs, rough edges. Move your voice around. Go back to those great communicators that you've written down and then have a look at them. 
have a look at them on TED Talks, bring them up. The Obama yes we can speech, whatever your politics are, have a look at that man, he sure can communicate. Have a look at what he does with his voice. All of these skills are available to you. Okay, so that's your voice. We've talked about energy, bringing your energy. That's, that's a, it's a psychological shift too. Are you gonna turn up your, in your mind's eye, in your PJs, in your yoga kit, or in your most special outfit? Look, your most special outfit might be, uh, you know, dressed as a queen or a king in your mind's eye, or it might be in your favorite full body wetsuit. I have met that, by the way. It doesn't matter what it is, but choose to be that version of yourself. Give yourself permission to be sparkly. Give yourself permission to be beautiful. Give yourself permission to be powerful and the best version of yourself. Uh, because no one can give you permission to do that other than yourself. Years ago, I was given some really amazing advice. And uh, this man, Tom Long, Tom Long, oh no, that's interesting. Tom Long is, was an actor I used to work with. He gave me some other advice, but that's not relevant for today. Graham Long is the one I'm wanting to talk about. He used to be the pastor of the Wayside Chapel. And uh, he, he gave me all sorts of amazing advice. But one of the things he said was, when you turn up as your best version, as your most golden, shiny self, you're delivering the deepest respect to the people that you're in the room with or that you're speaking to. Because what you're saying is, I bring my A-game. And that really changed my thinking because I grew up in a household where I was told, don't be a show-off, don't be too much, don't be too noisy, don't be too opinionated, don't be too smart, just be quiet, be a good girl, uh, be pleasant. And so over the years, that message was kind of confusing to me because I thought if I covered myself in lettuce sleeves, that that was me being demure and allowing room for other people to be their sparkly best. But Graham Long redefined that for me and he spoke a great truth to me in that moment. And I, and I really hope that resonates with you too. Give yourself permission to be wonderful and know that that is the deepest respect that you can deliver to your audience. I really hope that this has been of use to you. Uh, if it feels a bit overwhelming, just uh, loosen your grip on that. It's just some food for thought. Uh, the, the very last thing I wanna to touch on before we close is body language. Just have a think about if you, when you, if you close off your body, if you tend to stand with your arms folded, or your hands on your hips or your hands on top of your head. I've met that one. Have a think about it. It goes back to that thing we were talking about earlier. What makes you feel comfortable may not necessarily make your audience feel the same way. So think about standing neutrally with your shoulders back, um, standing tall. Think about the space between your ears and your shoulders, uh, your shoulders rolled back. Um, I like to think of a little hook in the top of my head connecting way up into the sky and my feet very rooted onto the earth. Uh, I feel that that gives me some energy. I get to draw on that energy. Um, think about an opening of the chest. Um, I'd like to remind you, those of you that have watched it or introduce you for those that you haven't, to Amy Cuddy's TED Talk. Amy, her surname Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y. She will talk you through the power pose, which is a, just a terrific thing to do, to stand wide and tall with your hands above your head. Um, and she will give you all the data on all of that. So have a think about your body language. Um, open is good. 
Too open can be intimidating, but no, there's no right, wrong way to do it. But it's really helpful once you've recorded yourself, let it sit for a bit, come back and have a look at it. Try to do it object as objectively as possible. Give yourself a few compliments, um, see a few things that you can work on, and then give that a go for next time. And then there must be a point when you just let it go and give it away. Uh, I, I come to that and I've had that over and over again in this experience of isolation where I've had to be doing online content and even though I teach this stuff I have found it really very confronting. Some days I look exhausted, you know, I may have been up with a child or my self-esteem is feeling a bit fragile that day or I can't quite find the words that I want to find but I don't have enough time to record it again and I just have to practice self-compassion and remember that I'm in service, that I'm putting this out there. So remember why you're in service, why you're putting it out there. And I relinquish it and then I'm free of it. And then once it's out there, I never have to watch it again. And <laughs> nor to you, although you have to listen to this, my friends. So I hope that's been helpful. We've talked a bit about the technical stuff. We've talked about authenticity. We've talked about humor. We've talked about the superpower of breath, using it to calm yourself down bringing yourself into the into the moment um, that does also remind me about focus think about your focus when you're doing this where you want it to be just right on the job not on other things uh, corral your focus you know you don't want to be thinking is my hair all right uh, oh gosh i've got to put the bins out um, this is stupid what i'm saying you just want to focus on your why and pursue that we've spoken about body language we've told you about amy cuddy we've talked about bringing the energy and then the very most important thing we've talked about really is give yourself permission to shine and if you can't give yourself permission to shine I do my friends shine 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 um, I hope that was helpful my name is Zoe Coyle I'm from Pilot Light and I think the tide is slowly turning on this I think we are all going to be out of our homes and back in the world soon and I think I think we're going to be better and stronger for this time uh, my very best wishes to you my friend Friends, plural. There's not a singular one of you out there, is there? <laughs> It'd be funny if there was. All right, bye-bye. So there you have it. All the tricks you need from Zoe Coyle to get you in front of a camera, feeling confident and being your best self for you and your customers. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to your company next time on the Digital Ready Program podcast, Business as Unusual. The Digital Ready for Business program provides Tasmanian small businesses with access to targeted knowledge, advice and assistance to improve their online presence and skills so that they can seize the opportunities presented by digital technology. For more information or to book a free online session with a Digital Ready coach, head to digitalready.tas.gov.au or check out the Digital Ready Tasmania Facebook page.